ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another brand new episode of Blossom Buddies. We have a guest this week. Uh, I've been here every week. What are you okay. Craig's here as usual, mm-hmm. and I'm here as usual as well. But please welcome to Blossom Buddies, star of stage and screen, Mr. Mark Little. Hello. This is Mark Little. You may know him from television. You may know him the, from stand-up comedy. You may know him. You may not know him. You know? You may know him from the, the Toronto improvisation community. Maybe. Yeah, you I may. do. We actually shared a stage together. The, I think it was the second year of the world's biggest improv tournament. Ah. And then at the end of the night, you and Matt McCready kind of did a... What do you call it? It's not an open mic when it's improv. A fist fight? A fist fight on yeah. stage. Yeah that's, so the, yeah, that's the improv version of an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> throw down with someone you otherwise like. Yeah. yeah, it was like my second time doing improv in public. It was the worst. Uh, and Matt McCready is also an amazing improviser, and he just dwarfed my lack of skills. <laughs> I've never done a good set on the world on the world's biggest improv tournament. I've done, That's not true. I was there. Oh, I've. Well, then maybe I'm. Maybe you're remembering. Listen, if I, maybe you're remi- remembering. What am I trying to say here? You're being very nice. Oh, <laughs> oh what? Maybe you're being. Hey, you're very welcome. Nice. Do you have a storied <laughs> career, Mark? Have you been in the game for many, many years? Uh, I've been at it for a while. <laughs> for a minute, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up after about a year. So. You gave up? Yeah, kind of. Oh, I wanted to stand up for a bit. I had a better time with stand up, and then now I've got a, a wife and a kid on the way. And, no time for that shit. And that's the truest improv there is. Yeah, raising a kid. There's no <laughs> fucking script for that. I mean, I'm sure there's books and Hello. stuff. Hello. Just like we said, Jason's wife is here. This is my wife, Madison. Hi. hi. This is Mark. This is Craig. I'm Jason. That's oh, Madison. Hi. You may remember me from our eight-year <laughs> um, <laughs> relationship and marriage. How's it going? Seem familiar. Good. <laughs> good. Good. How are you? Good. Oh, am I, oh, for okay. your unborn child in this, in what? this is that your baby present oh. yeah. can you tell me what it is No. please tell me and it'll be on the internet forever <laughs> it's a new no. segment we're doing it's Madison <laughs> bursts in with gifts for Craig's baby <laughs> oh man now I'm very excited to see what's in that bag maybe before you go I mean it is only a week away the shower so I can probably wait <laughs> like any shower, I'll just it's sit. Good I'll to just plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the date book, and we're back. <laughs> I typically uh, no, I got nothing. I just wanted to piggyback off that idea of planning for a shower. Yeah, um, but then Make I sure realized that you were, the joke you were making can't really be expanded upon. So I'll just uh, spin my tires awkwardly for a moment. I did that when I arrived, and I tried to pull further into the driveway, but there's a lot of snow out there. Oh, yeah. It's tough driving. Yep. And we're back again. Uh, we're talking about Blossom uh, this week. This is season two, episode 21, titled House Guests. Yeah. And uh, the Russos get house guests. They get house guests. Um, basically, the synopsis is that uh, Six and her mom, I want to keep calling her Caroline, but it's Sharon. Just get that wrong every <laughs> She looks time. like a Caroline. She's yeah. got that kind of face. Uh, they're coming to stay because there's... Uh, uh, you know why? Because she kind of looks like Caroline Ray. I can Rhea, see that. Rhea? Ray? Caroline Ray. I think she looks like Sally Field. Yeah, I can see that as well. If Sally Field and Caroline Ray had a baby. Which they can. 
They can. Nothing wrong with that. No, no they, we have science now. <laughs> we have science now. <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> uh, she. So Blossom's family is named Russo. Yes. And then the Silvio boy is uh, yeah, almost parodically about. Italian. There's a, a higher Italian population quotient on this show sure. than uh, than I uh, realized. If you were to guess, where does this show take place? The suburbs uh, in the Midwest. Close. The suburbs uh, in L.A. Yep. It's in Studio City. It's in City. Studio City, Los Angeles. Okay. Which I think explains why there's so many superstar cameos, because they live across the street from a movie But lot, why does everybody have a New York accent? A oh. New Jersey, specifically. That's true, actually. Yeah. My second guess... Once I realized how many Italians there were, it would have been like the <laughs> suburbs in New Jersey. Right? Like, um, the Mid- Midwest works too, but honestly, like, if I was to, if I just watched this show blind, I wouldn't be able to see it after I got my <laughs> sight back. I would think that, like, they're in New York, but. Yeah. But, but if I you were blind that? the whole time, how would you really know where the New York accent was from? It could be an LA accent, for all you knew, as a blind person. That's true. Everything could be lies. (laughs) Everything could be lies. Go ahead. I feel like uh, how many of the actors in the Blossom family do you think are Italian? Because I would say that definitely Blossom is not. I don't think her dad is. I've actually read Blossom's uh, parenting book. She's a full-on Jew, but from New York. So Jewish New York York is what uh, Mayan Bialik is. That explains that accent still. Joey Lawrence. Lawrence is not an Italian last name. What about Tony? His last name is Stoyanov. Stoyanov. So he's like, yeah, I think that's Ukrainian. Okay. So. And then Ted Wass is the dad. Wass could be anything. W-A-S-S. That's true. Maybe it's just like an, an acting thing. Yeah. Like, just do your best sitcom New York accent and. Yeah. And then Jonah Von Oy, the neighbor, she's, I mean, I have not heard a more Jewish name than Von Oy. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like uh, an Italian last name being, uh, <laughs> I don't know. My Joe, pizza. Yeah. Uh, what's the matter you? Um, so I wonder if that's what I'm uh, wondering is whether or not that was part of the hook when it was first pitched is like, um, Oh, uh, Roseanne's about working class people. Mm. And Oh, uh, you've never seen an Italian suburban family on television. I wonder. True. I wonder. I can see that too. And, uh, we're not supposed to talk about the pilot, but in the pilot, (laughs) um, there's a different dad and he's like an accountant. Now, Nick now is a musician and he's got like musician buddies and that's sort of like a way to bring in celebrities, et cetera. But I think the original idea for the show was to have this, like, working-class family with an accountant dad, and maybe, like, they don't say where it was set. It's the same house, but I don't yeah. think they ever say in that in that pilot where it was set. So maybe originally it was supposed to be New York. Maybe. Yeah. Or, like, I bet it was. just outside New York. I bet they retconned it because they wanted to get all those celebrity guests in, like you guys were saying. And that's why they made it outside L.A., because they wanted to stop having to justify why everyone was doing tours to New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey, yeah. Yeah, they, and they met, uh, a few episodes ago, they met Hillary Banks from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, the character Hillary. The ca- her name was Hillary the from Bel-Air. Character. Yeah. yeah. But previously, they had, uh, Blossom and Six had met, like, stalked Will Smith, like, the actor. So Will Smith exists outside Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but wow. but uh, Karen Parsons doesn't exist. Only Hillary Banks exists. This is good. This is a rich world. <laughs> yeah. A lot of rules. I, there's one thing I say about shows: the more rules, the better. Mm-hmm. They also bring back um, the same actor to play multiple roles sometimes. 
Okay. <laughs> Especially that's that happened more in season one and like beginning of season two. Blossom had some boyfriends that were all played by different actors and then different act- boyfriends played by the same actor. Different boyfriends played by the same actor. Yeah. yeah. She had She's two got boy- a type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same guy, different name. Same guy, different name. <laughs> um, interesting. I, so that brings me to my second thing, and I'm sure you've had guests before, so they've all, like, I'm not, I don't know, I don't remember Blossom at all. And I certainly don't remember it being this gritty. Is that the right word? Edgy. Yeah. Edgy, hard hitting. Like, you say blue collar, and it's like, yeah, there's like that kind of Roseanne quality to it, but then it feels like they even pushed it in certain ways. Uh, there's like a spousal murder joke in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. They're, like, they're going for it. This was also light on the like after school special elements that Blossom typically has. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be real hard on that because we're talking about Six's parents' divorce. I thought we were going to have a very special moment. In the, well, we did have a special I moment I guess the, the dad shows up and he's, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We, we're going to yeah. run through the episode a little bit more closely, but... Uh, so, I mean, our, our cold open... This, yeah, Silvio was his name, right? Right. This, this 12-year-old neighbor kid wants to date Blossom. He becomes a recurring character throughout the episode. Uh, Blossom's obviously not dating a 12-year-old, so she just... It's, the joke is that she turns him down every time. Mm. But that's the cold open. The joke is also that he speaks very formally. Oh, yeah. But then also with, like, mob cliches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wh- how's he... Yeah. I'll take you out to dinner. I'll, I'll treat you real nice. It'd be a real shame if uh, anything were to happen to your friend's bird. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a shame if someone were to, if someone were to date me. <laughs> he frames it all like a threat. He doesn't actually. He's a sweet kid. He's kind of doing that. a Romeo kind of thing. That's how yeah. I interpret it. Yeah, they wanted they wanted this character to be likable, but obviously Blossom is like, I only date guys that are a few years older than me. Yeah. Is that her thing? Well, it's going to become her thing. Um, spoilers, <laughs> but given everything, away, at the end Jason. of the season, she does uh, get a, a long term boyfriend. But yeah. up until now, she's wanted to date the most popular guy in the room. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a, a part. Well, that, this is a good example. So she dates this nerd, or try this nerd tries to date, and, she, and she's like she lies to him about going to yeah, Ukraine or something. I can't go to the da- uh, dance with you because my it's Ukrainian a, a spelling bee in the Ukraine or something. Yeah, I have to go to the UK or Ukraine. He sees right through that. Sees right through, and he's, he's like, "Well, it would have been nice if you didn't just straight up lie to me." That kid comes back later as a different character yeah, with glasses off. Yeah. Oh, and she's into him. Yeah, yeah. he's all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no gotcha. pocket protector, no glasses. Suddenly, he's a sex machine. Oh, yeah. unsafe with his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> a risk exactly. taker. Yeah, no. Still protection. got the pens in there. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> but they're with leaking. The, they're <laughs> leaking everywhere. He's got a shirt just covered in black. Yeah, ink. They might yeah. just fall out. And his catchphrase: "Ink on ink on my shirt." Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Not Blossom. She just wants uh, she wants, wants a kid with boy. no glasses. She wants a bad boy. Ink in my shirt, freaking the sheets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ink on my shirt. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll go with what you said also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Um, then we get glad we the, could, I'm glad we could bounce off each other. You know what? We're riffing well. Yeah, yeah this is a we're, we're a real team. I think we started on the wrong foot, uh, a right foot, when I uh, uh, was unable to simply say thank you, Craig, for <laughs> <laughs> enjoying my improv. Well, if everything was so straightforward, this would be a real boring podcast. Wouldn't Listen, it? you don't get eight seasons or whatever Blossom had out of just saying the simple thing. It's true, and uh, you know they could really do they could go a long way with not having 24 fucking episodes in a season and just actually make it eight seasons of a today. Like today they only do 10. Yeah. 10, 10, 12, 10 episodes. 13. Manageable. 
Yeah. Back we still then? haven't caught up to to the UK though, where their seasons are like six episodes. Yeah, give me six episodes of Blossom yeah. per season. Like Faulty Towers seemed like such it had such an epic uh, like legacy, but it's twelve episodes, mm. two seasons, one in like nineteen seventy eight and one in nineteen eighty three. Really? Yeah. How did they put Faulty Towers on every night on PBS at o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. for like after, whole child two and a half weeks? It's just now we showed the same episodes again. Wow. Yeah. He's stuck in the hamper again. <laughs> <laughs> that painting's not going to hang itself. <laughs> the stairs are out of commission. And that's the entirety of Faulty Towers we just went through. So welcome to our Faulty Towers cast. Yeah, mm. we covered mm. it. Mm. Should we talk more about this episode? Blossom? What is this, a Blossom podcast? Hell yeah. So this Silvio kid, he uh, he's played by James Matteo. Yeah. He's a fully grown adult now. The picture <laughs> yeah. of him. Now, 30 years later. Him, yeah. The <laughs> no. picture of him is like he's got a gray beard. It's oh. been 30 years. Yeah, he was in Newsies. That's where I recognized him from. Handsome dude. What does he look like to me? He looks he like the looks... guy from Numbers, who I think was also in Newsies. To me, he looks like the boy from Ratatouille. Mm. Okay. Given slightly more human shape. Mm-hmm. And then a beard. And then a beard. Like a handsome grown up Ratatouille boy. Yeah, you'd recognize this kid from various bit roles in the 90s. Yeah, he played sure. uh, Pedro in the Basketball Diaries. Oh. So, um, Got to assume he uh, came to a positive end in that film, where uh, it was otherwise uh, bad, bad things for all. This is a bad, so bad, bad, side. bad scene. I mean, someone must have won the basketball game, so. He maybe was on the winning team. Okay. <laughs> He was just in a. Bu- he's one of those actors uh, that's just been in a bunch of stuff, and he, you would. Re- he's, he's been in sixty nine things. Oh, oh shit! Sixty nine. Time to change his name to James Nicio. Oh, <laughs> Nicio. He's gonna whip it up like right a poor here. Man's toe there, right? <laughs> like a poor man's toes. <laughs> he was in Band of Brothers, also. Okay, so mm. moving on. Nice. <laughs> um, at this point, uh, I Gail Edwards, who plays Sharon. I remember her from Six's mom. Six's mom from various sitcoms as well. I've probably covered what she's been in in another episode because this isn't the first time we've seen her. It's like her third appearance, I think. But uh, she was one of those people. She was also Vicky Larson on Full House. Who? Oh yeah, she dated Danny. Yeah, she was. Wasn't she his like news team like partner? Yeah, her partner. Oh, and they had like an off again, on again, off again thing for. But didn't. Wasn't Becky introduced because she was Danny's like on screen partner? I think Becky gets pregnant what? with the twins, right, and has to go be a mom. And that's can't when work pregnant in the what's 90s. her name comes in. That's when uh, Gail, whatever, whatever. Yeah, like if there's any job a woman can do pregnant, it's news anchor. You have that desk right in front of like no one's gonna know. Yeah, but know they were a morning show, so they were standing. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, fuck yeah. me then. <laughs> don't you remember every element and every aspect no, of Full House? I don't. I thought I did. Didn't you right watch full, rewatch Full House in its entirety within the last couple of years like I did? No, I probably started and then got halfway through an episode and realized I was a grown man. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'll never I'll never watch it again. I'll and never. We, we all learn the lessons we need. It does feel like Blossom's a bit of like a psycho black mirror Full House. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe vice versa, because who's more annoying as a... Like, Michelle, where's the Michelle archetype Tanner. start? There's, uh, there's six, but then there's also... Who's the neighbor in Full House? Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, but, like, Kimmy Gibbler falls... Rotten. That archetype of weirdo, like, Screech, Urkel, She's the Kramer, Screech of Full House. Sort of yeah. wacky next-door neighbor, or, wha- like, the weirdo on the show, where six is just sort of the friend. 
But yeah. she's got an energy to her that's a bit off-putting, too. She talks a bit and much. looks like a fully-grown adult as a 12-year-old. Yeah, she does look like, uh, like you know, in The Brood. You guys have seen, have you seen The Brood, the that Brood. Cronenberg movie where you think it's these little kids in snowsuits wreaking havoc, but then they turn around and they got old face? Anyway. I, I know the yeah, trope, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. but I don't think I've seen that. that. That sounds incredible. Oh, it's great. I need to watch more Cronenberg. Yeah. I haven't seen video drama either. I hear that's real good. It's a good one. Uh, the Brood's pretty uh, upsetting. I think it's his way of uh, really feeding it to... Uh, Psychoanalysis, maybe? <laughs> Take that, <Maybe>. psychiatrist. <laughs> anyway, old face kids. It's a, it's a horrifying uh, trope. And, oh yeah, Six is definitely fitting into that for me. She, like, she's got, like, a cherub face that, yeah. but also looks like, you know, she's gonna go out and put on a pantsuit and do business. Well, maybe, like, mm. eight or ten episodes ago, she started wearing, like, shoulder pads and very, like, and, adult like, style. doing her hair. hair. Yeah, she had a hat on for, like, most of this episode, but, like, there's episodes where she has, like, a full-on, like, I'm going to work now Yeah, I'm going to be an accountant mm. yeah. assistant because it was the 90s. It was the 90s, and, and women weren't allowed to do, <laughs> do jobs yet. Shit. Shit. Um, <laughs> damn. But, uh, Six and her mom, their house is being fumigated yeah. for... For roaches? Like, fuck, how... That house must be in a state of disrepair. Well, the dad left, so no one's taking care of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No one's stomping the roaches. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Man's job. Yeah, there's just food everywhere. They're waiting for him to clean up his fucking toast from the counter. And yeah, they're not going to just left. It. Yeah. So roaches come in. That's how it works. So they're staying at the Russo house while the fumigation happens, mm-hmm. along with their bird, Roger? Yeah, I think so. Nick is not a fan. Nick hates birds. Nick, I, yeah. I thought that was going to go somewhere. No, Nick just said he hates birds, and that was the the reason for bringing that up. Was this this episode kind of uh, like when Sarah was on a lot of a lot of loose ends. Yep, were left. Mm. You got kind of a you got kind of an episode where there's going to be a lot of uh, interpretation. What if there's d- deleted scenes like where Nick get it, gets attacked by the bird or something? I hope so. Where are the deleted scenes for Blossom? Zane Busby, if you're listening, <laughs> which I know you are. Because what uh, else are you doing? Can you give us access to the deleted scenes of Blossom, please? Uh, Mark, for reference, Zane Busby has been the director of almost all the Blossom episodes. Yeah. Zane Busby. Yeah. Zane a Busby. A fake name if ever I've heard one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are you, Zane Busby? We'll never for know. For real. Do you think Zane Busby is a man or a woman? Zane sounds like a man. Nope. Nope. Zane's a lady? A Zane's a lady. A lady. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. She's also been she's a, she's been an actor, writer, director, and producer. Probably various, in, in uh, yeah, various just backstage shit. Probably lighting. I bet she did lighting once, Probably. once or twice. You got to start it in lighting. She's the James Cameron of the sitcom. Yeah, but Mark brings up a good point. Like, who is she? like maybe that is a fake name? We need to start a new podcast called Blossom Buddies Nights. Where we're an investigative team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God forbid you Get should the, uh, the, do that digging on a fully devoted Blossom podcast. <laughs> no. Surely you need a second podcast. We need a sister, we need a sister podcast <laughs> called Blossom Sister. Um, you talking about the bird potentially attacking reminded me of my favorite uh, movie prequel. Mm-hmm. It's a prequel to um, The Birds. Called, uh, called the bird, the bird, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Tippy Hedren uh, escaping one bird with ease. Wow. Yeah, it's a really good Hitchcock. Uh, he he yep. he didn't put his name on it. Right, he yeah, used that's... an alias, Zane Busby, Zane Busby. <laughs> the most famed alias there is. The uh, the creator and uh, writer for a lot of these episodes, as well as Don Rio, 
who's that's a name you've probably heard. I have not. You haven't. No. Uh, you don't read the credits that ninety sitcoms in your spare time. Don Rio created like a million things. Right so up he was on the Don Larroquette show, yeah. probably because half the people who work on Blossom also worked on that. Like mm-hmm. most recently, The Ranch. The Ranch. Co-creator of The Ranch. Uh, With Sam Kutcher. Elliott. Yeah. Sam Elliott's in that? Sam Elliott's in that. He's great in and it. Ashton. And I, and, uh, and Danny Mar- uh Yeah, Danny Danny Masterson. Masterson for a minute until he got Me Too'd so hard. Okay, yeah. I was thinking you were And Elisa Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah. okay. And they replaced him with Dax Shepard. Ah, uh, can't bring him down. Nope. Kristen keeps him in line. Exactly. He'll never be bad. He knows he's married above his weight. Oh, big time. And he's holding on for dear life like a cliffhanger. She's only in good things, and he's only in bad things. She's so charming. He's charmless. He's funny. He's not funny. But, like, funny. You know? (laughs) Not funny, ha ha. He's like uncle funny. Like, just says something sarcastic but mean. And then everyone just takes it. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah Winger. Who, Who did you say? Dax Shepard. There he is, Dax Shepard. Oh, yeah, that chips. guy. And Idiocracy. I don't, I don't hate Dax, but, you know, I do hate He's these, commer- the, whatever the thing is that he and his wife, Kristen Bell, have started to do, where they do little parenting clips. I don't know if it's a series or if it's just commercials or what it is, but it's them kind of doing quirky parenting things, and it's a nightmare. And it, it is, only reflects poorly on her. Is and it I as bad as, like, Alicia it. Silverstone's parenting advice? I do not recall that. She regurgitated food to her baby like birds do. Oh, <gasps> thanks. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> that hate is that. actually my least favorite scene from Hitchcock's The Bird. <laughs> I hate that scene when Tibby Hedren gets one up on the bird and they get too close. Yeah, when they, she, I mean, you got to give them the head of the bird. I'm choosing uh, to believe yeah, that they have to have a you're bird telling brain. me about a real movie. <laughs> and up until this point, I haven't even for a second thought that you're making a joke. <laughs> the only thing fake that I've made up in this episode is the brood. <laughs> yeah. the and David Cronenberg. Is, that's not a real person. David Cronenberg that's is not a fake real. name. Yeah. If I ever heard one. That's Canada's Zane Busby. That's <laughs> Canadian Busby. Dak Shepard's mom is a French Canadian. I read in the summary on IMDb just now. Yuck. Wow. So he's a little bit Canadian. Well, we'll take him. You know what? Good guy. Yeah. Roll up the rim for Dax. You really won 80 on Dax Shepard. You went from, I can't stand the guy, to make him an honorary Canadian. I love my country. I I mean, he might be a legitimate Canadian. I really didn't read that far on on his page. I bleed red. (laughs) Like everybody else? I bleed red. So you're telling us you're a communist. That's brave. What if you bled red and white? I mean, I guess we have red blood cells and white blood cells. So isn't everyone Canadian? Everyone is Canadian. You hear, you heard it here first on the Blossom Buddies Blossom podcast. Yeah, that's why anytime Canadian I see podcast, someone bleeding out, I salute them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I help. We are getting nowhere in this episode, are we? Luckily, there's not a whole lot to talk. There's about. not a whole lot. Uh, like I don't, I've got a bunch of notes here that I don't really give a shit about. Six has a red hat with purple flowers up top. Hat watch. Nice hat watch. We've seen this hat before. We don't need to go into depth. Uh, depth. On it. I mean, how deep can you really go into talking about a hat? We try every hats are week. highly visual pieces of yeah. clothing. Mm. I think we've become better descriptors of hats, though. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his goddamn name? Uh, Columbo Man. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Fal- what the yeah, fuck is Fal- wrong with his eyes? What I want to know. Uh, yeah, but Peter Falk in Wings of Desire, just going through the hats, <laughs> talking about the hats and what they all say about him. 
the character he's going to play. Anyway, that's what mm-hmm. Hat Watch reminds me of. Peter Falk. <laughs> Peter Falk. What's wrong with your eye, Peter? Uh, just uh, just uh, one more thing there. Mm-hmm. That's my Peter Falk. Oh, I like that. Um, it sounded more like Peter Griffin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is. You think that's bad? Wallace. Yeah. Um. So okay, let, let's get this. Let's get the ship rated, as they mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, so we get back, we're back to the living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we're back to Blossom's bedroom. Oh yeah. Six really wants to get her, her parents. She back wants together. to get the parents back together. She thinks that by going and meeting with the dad, she's going to convince them. But like, here's the thing. Her mom's been lying to her. Her mom acts all sweet about the relationship with her dad when six is around. But then when six disappears, she's calling him a fucking cockroach and everything. Cause in so the next she has scene, led six to believe that there's a chance in the next scene, they're in the living room. Uh, they do some great physical comedy with the telephone, uh, where it's, you know, did they? Yeah. They're I'm talking on the telephone. And then, like you said, six's mom is just like ripping him, ripping him a new one. Six comes downstairs and then she's like, Oh, it, so nice to talk to you. Here's your daughter. And then that's when they uh, they make a plan to go to a coffee shop, which in 91 would have been a new concept. Um, yeah, and they poke fun at that when the... Uh, the, the, br- probably, the The waiter. waiter? It's a waiter in this coffee shop. They hadn't invented baristas yet. No. Mm. They, they the were waiter. only in Italy. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah. Have you ever been to a coffee shop that had a waiter? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Even though those like weird... Those maybe back in the day in in, in Halifax, America, America's from Halifax, like myself. Remember those weird, dingy coffee shops, like the like the Bicycle Thief. Well, that's don't a restaurant, wasn't it? Not no, not the the Bicycle Shop, which oh. was on Godigen. Okay, I don't know if you remember that. Place. I don't remember. I did notice this about the waiter, though. Um, he was a very confusing presence. <laughs> he was wearing a beret. He seemed sort of sinister. Lampoon the Frenchness of mm-hmm. a coffee shop. But his face was kind of like vaguely artistic German, mm-hmm. like someone you'd associate with like Andy Warhol's circle. They were just trying to lampoon like an artist, but he was so old. Yeah. And he was not, and he had not a French accent. It was just kind of like a lot of ideas in one. I pointed out while we were watching that his accent was almost if like you did French and Brooklyn at the same time. Yeah. Which was kind of an odd. It was hard to not, but I couldn't maybe, help maybe but think was... like what led this guy to this job? He seemed too old to be a barista. He just fresh feels, out of prison. Feels real good about it. Yep. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> it. It's just an artist fresh out of prison. Or just loves coffee because he, he, I don't feel like coffee shops generally have specials, but he listed at least three specials. The one that I wrote down was an Italian blue cappuccino uh, cooked on a mesquite grill. Yeah, mesquite. Yeah. That doesn't sound like something you make coffee on. No, I can only imagine. You make like, chicken. Imagine the flavor of coffee. Yeah. And then like the flavor of like a smoky barbecue. Smoky barbecue. Yeah, it really sauce. felt like yeah. someone was just like, like there's too there's too much going on in modern coffees and then and then didn't think through the details of that joke. Let's completely just ruin coffee for the sake of a Well, I feel like it's the early nineties, so this whole like cappuccino, espresso f- f- they thought it was a fad at the time, so they were making fun of these people that's who true. like order fancy coffees. I this, thought that's what they were doing there. A very popular joke at this time was Dennis Leary railing against modern coffee shops. And uh, here's a line, a classic Leary line. It's, uh, what's going on here? Cappuccino, Frappuccino, Al Pacino, what the fuck? www.whatthefuck.com. He does tell it like it is. That was a big line that got a rousing response. And if you think there was only one laugh in that line, you're nuts. There was a laugh before www.whatthefuck.com and then 
after it on even bigger. Yeah, I mean, he he simultaneously lambasted coffee and the internet. Which are both passing yeah. passing fads that will never have any traction. Yeah, Dennis Leary. He got, he got us like all. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if the internet was a fad and there would there was no internet now? Or, like, still only nerds used it? Yeah, yeah. we just went back to sending everything by mail yeah. and fax. Imagine how happy we'd be. Oh, I would stop, uh, I would stop worrying. I mean, I think, think about I the think fact that this podcast wouldn't exist. Well, we might, we okay, you here. know what? You're right. Pros and cons. Your mm-hmm. radio show. Which, you know, you have to be a little bit more special than have an internet connection to have a radio show. You have to befriend some college kids and get into the uh, booth there. Uh, Mohawk uh, community <laughs> to be radio fair, station. They used to have, like, there's a back hall and there's a, you remember CKDU, how they would just open, you could just go there at night and just be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go party at CKDU? I never did. So Please? just because there was college students in there, the college Somebody students. would have an all-night radio show, <laughs> and, and they'd just, just like, be like, come hang all night and pick out songs from this room of yeah. records. My teacher's fucking sleeping, so I can do what I want. Exactly. So we'd take mushrooms and just go on the radio. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a good time. That sounds fun. It was awesome. I See, that's take, better! I would take mushrooms and go on the radio. That's where you should Do you guys want to put pause... Put a pause on this, do some mushrooms, Wait and then about an hour or so yeah, we'll see, continue recording. See what happens. There's nothing I've ever wanted to devote uh, six hours to more <laughs> than a Blossom episode recap podcast. But just one episode of it. One, one 22-minute episode of Blossom. Which we inevitably talk for 50 minutes about. Yeah. And then the next two hours trying to open the fridge door. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that a horrible thing that happened to you on mushrooms one time? No, on salvia it happened to me once where I just could not grab a doorknob. It was squishing through my hands like the doorknob was made of liquid. And I was trapped in the room with a demon that mm. personified itself in a Sonic Youth song. It was a bad idea. Sure. Yeah. And all salvia I- reminds me of Silvio, which reminds uh, me of what happened next in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, oh, right. The coffee sh- So they go to the coffee shop and <laughs> well, Silvio shows up. That's later. That's All of this happens very much later um you guys skipped a, a whole bunch of stuff including oh, no. uh joey's room bird comedy oh <laughs> yeah i mean joey is an idiot he has a bird brain as tony points out that's true so and joey thinks he can talk to birds and we get a huge whoa whoa moment where um ronda ronda's back yeah after uh, missing for two episodes and tony just dating other people without acknowledging her existence whoa tony yeah, he's a bit of a ladies' man, especially now that he's got the paramedic outfit. Yeah. Uh, or they filmed a bunch of shit out of sequence and just aired it whenever. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. That's yeah. probably the most realistic thing that happened. Because she wa- walks back in as if they hadn't uh, stopped seeing each other. Mm. So she's like, I did some more lingerie, I don't do nudies anymore, and Joey's uh, like, whoa. And then she says some other sexy thing, and then Joey's like, whoa again, and then she says the ultimate sexy thing, which, whatever... Opens up the magazine. Joey and and Tony look at each other and say, whoa. Uh Uh-huh. Then they all leave the room. You call it Womageddon. Womageddon. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They left the bird cage open because uh, during all that bird comedy, they were, Joey's like, you need some air or something. I don't know. I just make up my own stuff when I don't care. Mm-hmm. But the bird leaves. The bird says, whoa, as it leaves. I don't know if you guys caught that, but the bird goes, whoa, and then. Yeah. Oh, I did not catch that. That's outstanding. That's good. That's why I write, that's There's why I write more people notes. said whoa in this episode than didn't, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just all around. Blossom and Sick didn't. This is the most woes we've had in a long time since the, uh, the original... We had another word for it. not Wilmageddon, but uh, Wolverload. <laughs> yeah. Wolverload. We had a Wolverload, which <laughs> yeah. was it's basically the same joke that we just saw here. Mm. It can be applied to other words as well. Wotient. Yeah. A high woe quotient. I like that. Um, 
keep nope. trying to do something <laughs> with uh, imagining Garrison Keeler writing about Joey and calling it Lake Wobegon. <laughs> mm. uh, that's something we all need to imagine. That wouldn't have happened. That joke wouldn't have happened if two guys didn't come together and make a podcast about Blossom. Mm-hmm. And if the internet didn't exist, we would just be recording this into a, a dual deck ghetto blaster. Which I did as a kid. Yeah, I actually had, totally I invented the shots. podcast when I was 10 years old. Mm. Possibly I, uh, younger. On a Fisher Price with the little microphone. Oh, you gotta use the Fisher Price. Is that the one with the built-in reverb? Yeah. Nice. I put it up to the TV and record commercials. I had no idea what <laughs> nice. I was doing. That's cool. It has to be like you know exactly what you're doing. It's called plagiarism. Right. <laughs> you're stealing commercials. <laughs> <laughs> You're making sound collages. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I like to call them. <laughs> then uh, we go to the coffee shop. No, then we're in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Nick and Blossom have that moment where uh, Blossom like has her problem, and then and she's like, "She has six things." Just, she's getting her family together, but she's delusional. Yeah, yeah. and Nick doesn't say saying. anything, and that joke is like, "Oh, I didn't." It's a good thing you figured it out on your own because I just sat here and you talked. Good parenting by me. I'm Blossom's Nick. a smart cookie. Yeah, Blossom doesn't need a dad. No, no she's her own. You dad. said, "Who is the parent?" Yeah. Who's the parent now? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the coffee the shop. Co- nice. All right, we made it. Nice. So, made yeah. It coffee shop. Silvio tracks them down, then all the stuff we already talked he about. He tracks them down, stalks them, potato, potato. Six shuts him down, though. Oh, Six she called like, him a walking mistake. Yeah. Which I wrote down because I'm going to use that at people. Mm. Probably the harshest thing you could say to somebody. <laughs> yeah. The irony Especially being, a 12 year old. The irony being, of course, that six was a mistake, which we find out in the first episode of Blossom when she says, I was named six because that's how many beers it took. Yeah. Which is. Now, that was, it was vague, though. It might have taken six beers to convince him to have a kid. So it might have been deliberate. But he was say, drunk that when he made that it joke six. is, when, I, when you told it to me, my gut reaction was, oh, yeah, that, that's a joke that I can understand. But then, <laughs> I, and then, but then the doubt crept in. I was like, six beers toward what? Six beers fucking to convince fucking her mom. You had to I have think. sex? I think six that... But she was also conceived... Wasn't she conceived in, like, the porta potty at a Rolling Stones concert yes. or something? So they went to a Stones concert. Got drunk on six beers. Drank six <laughs> beers. Banged out in a porta potty. And then six was born nine months later. Nine months later, here comes six. I see. So... Okay. So it wasn't like the mom wanted to have sex and it took six beers to convince the dad to Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it took I six beers to convince him to have six, sex at a porta potty. I yeah. think they both drank six beers each or between them and then wanted to bang out as teens do. Yeah. I don't know. And then 15 years later, here her parents are getting split up. And may, may I say that when you hear that, the, the sort of six beer dad, you have a certain image in your head. I had a certain image in my head of a guy who was, I, I thought I was going to see kind of like a square jawed, same good for nothing, mm-hmm. like yeah. a kind of tough, maybe he's got like car grease on him. Yeah, had, blue had, collar for sure. I had yeah. the same, like and a, a, a greaser like, kind of a look. Yeah, like uh, Sam Shepard in Steel Magnolia. Yes. Mm. What a needless reference. <laughs> um, or Jack Shepard in Lost. Yeah. Or Dax Shepard in The Ranch. <laughs> there. Actually, that's a good, because he does sort of have that greasy look to him on The Ranch. Wow, and a shepherd shall guide them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he comes in, he's a, he's the so- most soft-featured, 
Roly, he, oh, he's roly poly. He's wearing, he's so roly poly. He's wearing kind of like a college professor outfit, this like a sweater. Has never like been a, to a Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> no, he, he that's looks, true. He doesn't look capable of deadbeat behavior, but maybe that the joke's on us for assuming. That's true. Yeah, we're, that kind of guy's a good guy. We're judging him based on his look. That's a stereotype, and I, I would not so really turn in the mirror back stereotypes on my podcast about Blossom, please. <laughs> okay, a show rife with stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Silvio stands above. Yeah. As Italy as a kid. <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> Italy and New York. Silvio Soprano. This guy um, was all. He's played by. Uh, he's played by um, Joel Murray, who you'll you'll recognize from the drunkest man alive in uh, Mad Men. <laughs> he's also been in like a million things as well. He's one of those. He's been in ninety nine things. Ooh, uh, that's that less bitch sexy. ain't one. No, <laughs> not even in one bitch. Ah! Except for Six's mom. Well, you're calling Six's mom a bitch then. Well, she seems very nice. She seems quite she's pleasant. Very pleasant. Except when she calls her ex-husband a fucking cockroach. <laughs> I uh, the fuck she didn't call him a fucking cockroach. I added the f word. Yeah. I don't want to make no mistakes that NBC did not allow the f word in 1992. I wish they would. Hmm. Well, it was uh, when did they start swearing? Because South Park did that episode about swearing on television. I think it was NYPD Blue that first like dropped one S bomb, one S word. That was NBC, I believe. And that's when they uh, that was actually bef- that before they did that episode. It was just called NYPD. That's when they went for it. <laughs> and we got Sipowitz's ass, I believe, as well. Yeah, and I think he fucking wow. drinks himself to death in the last episode or something. Sipowitz's yes. ass. Dennis Frost. Because I'd like to to relate actors to every character that they play, so it's just the same character every time. Remember when he fucking tortured Rambo? Sipowitz? Yeah. Like Dennis Franz? Yeah. Remember when he, like... Rambo was walking through town, and Franz was the, the sheriff, and he's like, no mm-hmm. Vietnam vets in my town, you're going to jail, and we're oh, going to beat the, the shit out of you. He's in the first one? Yeah. Wow. Remember yeah, in Die guy. Hard 2 when he was like, I don't Damn you, McLean, everything you're doing is wrong and I'm right. Well, I don't oh. acknowledge any diehards after the first one. I do acknowledge the third one because there's that whole sign that he wears in the street. The second one's good, man. Vengeance. They have, yeah. like, they're like these actors that have, like, these fake guns. Yep. Okay, I'll, I, I acknowledge the second one, I just haven't seen it. That's probably I watched more it at accurate. Christmas this year. Nice. It's a weird movie. Christmas is the second movie. one also it's a Christmas, Christmas movie? It's, it happens at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Is the second one a Christmas movie? It's there's there's snow. Okay. The That's third awesome. one's not a Christmas movie. That happens in the dead heat of summer in Harlem. Mm. Oh, so it's got its own different. Feel yeah, they too. drop the Christmas uh, motif after the after the second one, I guess. Mm. For like a more Luke Cage sort of vibe. Dennis Friend's mm. also a Brian De Palma repertory player. It's in like weird. every. Brian De Palma so a lot of them. Some <clears throat> three or four in the 80s. And he's always not good. No, oh, he's always like, he's way over the top. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a way that doesn't even fit in those movies. But uh, fit in he's still charming. He's still charming. Yeah. I'm charmed by him. I'd hang out with him. I'd love to hang out with him. He does seem like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he drinks a lot of whiskey. I bet he's a whiskey man. Do Sipowitz. Uh, remember when he was Time Magazine's, or I don't think it was Time, <laughs> People Magazine's uh, Sexiest Man one year? <laughs> was that, is that real? That's real. One year. Really? He, yeah, or, yeah, I think so. At the height of NYPD Blue, and I remember it was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> that like the, Blake Shelton getting it over um, Jason Momoa a couple years ago. And Blake Shelton is not 
by any means the world's sexiest man, but at least he falls in the range of what you would describe as sexy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when I think of Dennis Franz, I don't. I think of Homer Simpson. I think of the I Simpsons of, episode where they do a live reenactment of uh, Homer touching the girl's butt. Oh, sweet, sweet cans. Sweet, sweet can. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think of Dennis Franz, and I think of just a not funny Danny DeVito he with does, a mustache. I picture um like one of those. Rat guys that whispers in the king's ear, in like <laughs> Lord of the Rings or maybe Harry Potter. There's always like some or fucking wormy uh, or Ninja Turtles. Yeah, someone who's whispering, a little yeah. little rat man. But I do think it was just a credit to the character. People were really uh, into this sort of bad boy, sexy fu cop character that mm-hmm. Franz was playing, and that was probably the, the season that that we saw his ass on TV. That I bet that's what triggered been, it. Yeah, and I think it was by all accounts a gorgeous ass. Mm. So Silvio I fucks mean, off, yeah. and uh, then the dad. Oh, right, no, we're past that. The dad comes in. Yeah, and, and uh, well, we already we we talked about the dad bit. But then he's dating. He's yeah, he's dating, dating a twenty-four-year-old. Yeah, fresh six, out of college. This hits yeah. six like a ton of bricks because yeah. she thought she was getting the family back together. And his dad's like, I don't give a shit about your mom anymore. I'm getting some sweet college tale. Yeah, yeah. And to put it plainly, he is a professor. That's why he's getting the twenty-four-year-old. Oh. But he also seems broke. That's true. Because he makes a comment about being on hard... Fi- I was going to say he doesn't look good street. enough to be a, a college professor. No, but he's wearing like khakis I'm, and a nice sweater. He's like, i got to get a root canal. Oh, and I can't, I can't afford, it. afford it. That's it, yeah. To be fair, root canal is probably like $5,000 if you don't have benefits. Yeah, but if you're a college professor, you should have benefits. Yeah, yeah you would. So Unless it's a real shitty college. Like I'm ready a to... clown college, maybe. Oh, yeah, it could be a clown... Yeah, the way he acts. <laughs> or Arizona U. Maybe he's a teacher at clown college. He could be. I University. bet you put a, a bunch of white and red makeup on his face, call him Canadian, make a real good clown. Oh, I love that kind of clown. I love my country. <laughs> Sounds like the Canadian beginning of a horror movie. Yep, he could be in a horror... I bet he's been in horror movies, that actor. Look it up, Jason. Maybe. Don't do it. It's a waste maybe of time. He just looks so soft. He played Paunch in American Gods. For one episode. There's a movie. There's a show I watched uh, for a second, but then I stopped. I watched yeah, the first I did episode. watch an episode. I read the book, half, though. Maybe. Mm, I bet that's better. It's one of, like, ten books I've read. Book's I always bet, better. Because I feel like it's hard to make a book feel like a Budweiser commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that that's how they decided to adopt, adapt it. They were like, mm-hmm. uh, nothing says Neil Gaiman like... Uh, Sexiness. Slow motion, sweating <laughs> pints of beer and, and breasts with also sweat on them and then... Fight scenes that uh, occur to uh, modern blues rock. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get into it. Like, <laughs> now you're talking my language. Stomp on your feet. <laughs> 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 Just a truly annoyingly directed show. Uh, but I liked it for a second. For, uh, for one episode, I was like, I think I... Maybe I'll like... Because the idea behind it is pretty badass. It was... Yeah, it was cool. It was like, oh, we're going to merge all these old gods with these new gods and the things that are like mythology with uh, new ideas that maybe we don't consider mythology yet. Like, what is our relationship to the digital world? And then it was like, okay, this could go in neat places. And then just got so Well, in the book, the the thing that I loved about the book was the... the, It's so descriptive because it's Neil Gaiman, right? But in the show, when you see it and it's wrong, that's a problem I have with... The, that kind of direction they do. And the character of technology, the god of technology, is supposed to be this big, fat, like, it smells like burnt plastic in his limo, 
But they made him in the show like this asshole teenager who like sort of shifted in and out of reality. Like mouse from the Matrix. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I was like, well, already you've ruined that. They got, I think but they he got should, From what right. I'm understanding, he should be more like the character from the World of Warcraft episode of South Park that beats the shit. Yes. Mm. Precisely. Yeah. The, mm. the, the, the guy, the guy, guy who bad. breaks the rules of the, the video game to kill everyone. Yeah. May I call a timeout and just use your washer? Absolutely. I, uh, that's my problem. Like, I've never done stand-up because I've just, I have this, like, what if, what if, what's that called when you don't steal jokes, but, like, comedians get called out for it all the time. Um, anyway. Not, not stealing jokes? Yeah. No, when you steal a joke, but you don't, but you haven't stolen a joke, it's just by accident. Oh, sort of, yeah, like, shared premise. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. Collective unconscious. Yeah. That sort of notion sort of freaks me out. I mean, what I was always told, and I think there's a truth to this, is that if your jokes are personal enough, it's very then doubtful. It won't. If you're just going like, hey, what's the deal with other white people? Then you're just gonna, <laughs> you're probably me, gonna land on other white people. You're probably gonna land on something, but I guess. I had yeah. a weird experience where I wrote a joke and then Ron White, do you know Ron White? Yeah, I know who Ron White is. He's like one of the uh, blue collar. What are the, what's that group called? The, yeah, the Blue Collar Kings Com- of Comedy or whatever. Comedian Tour or whatever. Yeah. yeah Ron yeah. White's the like, cigar and liquor and, guy. Yeah. And, Jeff Fox, uh, Larry the Cable yeah. guy. Yeah. So he's one of those guys. Yeah, the one who always has the scotch and the cigar. And uh, anyway, he came up to me after a show at Just for Laughs and was like, uh, I just want you to know that uh, that joke of yours, I, have, I do a similar one. He wasn't calling me out. He was just essentially telling me that when I saw him doing it, I, he didn't want me to accuse him of stealing it. And I believed him, but it was weird. It was weird in that yeah, moment to I, be like, I have the same joke as Ron White, this <laughs> old uh, like guy from the American South. I mean, I you're feel from like the Canadian a, South. Halifax yeah. is basically the like, like the East Coast is basically like the South. I feel like was that's there, a was a, it a relatable to sort of that world joke, or was it just a slice of your own life, just it, completely random? It wasn't even a slice. It was just like a completely fictional, made up kind of little. Twisteroo, okay, like a pull the rug out type of joke. Kind of, that's a stand up move though, getting out ahead of it instead of uh, I don't know doing what Louis C.K. did, which was masturbating in front of women into a. Uh, no, that that's was, that's <laughs> what you do when you're mad about other people <laughs> yeah. taking jokes. Yeah. yeah, but you Dane, for, Dane Cook comes along and Louis C.K. is like, "Well, I'm gonna make all these women watch me masturbate." <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta let your anger out bit by bit. Confront the <laughs> yeah. problems, otherwise they leak out in bad ways. Yeah, but I'm, I, I don't want to uh, break the uh, illusion, but um, I'm not from Halifax. I'm oh, from uh, outside Vancouver. Get out! Yeah, damn. Sorry, Get I moved there. to Halifax when I was 22. Get out of my house! Sorry, <laughs> you've destroyed the illusion. I know that this is the only, this is the only world's only Halifax Blossom recap podcast. Mm, but mm. You I'm not from there. You moved to Halifax when you were 22. Yeah, quite old, but. Well, let's get to the bottom of this. Now. Wait a second, because I thought we—I thought you went to like the same like high school and stuff that like a year ahead of me. No, I guess that was just Andy then. Yeah. So what I've done in my head essentially is I've created this—I've created a, a character mm-hmm. that's you that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and sort of weird. You've made a composite. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've made a composite. Well, I'm sorry. And what's strange about this composite is that Andy and I are, uh, besides working together, uh, which we do a lot, um, so little alike. Yeah. 
truly sure. nothing alike. So I, I bet in this composite, um, you're essentially just thinking of Andy. I probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably, no, but like, I don't know. Cause most of what I know, most of what I know about you is probably like through watching your stand up, and we've, we've spoken a few times back in mm-hmm. Halifax, mm-hmm. but I just, cause the whole picnic face crew, most people are from Halifax. No? 50, 50. It's 50-50. Yeah. Me, Scott, Ebony, and Kyle were not from there. We're not. But those three were from Ontario. But like... I was the only one from the West. Right. Wow. Uh, And Cheryl was technically from Newfoundland. The picnic face is kind of like Finger Eleven. And that Finger Eleven, half of them went to my high school, half of them went to the high school down the street. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we too started out as the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does sound more like a comedy troupe than than a grunge band (laughs) that turned into a metal band. That also then, explains why every time I'm like, hometown boys, you kind of look at me like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. I feel like I've, I feel a kinship with Halifax, but I was only there for seven years. Wow. Seven formative years, but only seven. That's interesting. That takes, uh, that takes some pressure off having to be like Halifax this and Halifax that. That explains why you don't talk like Jason. He has a real hard, a boot. A boat. No, yeah. I say about like a normal person. Well, I now you say car. I heard you say oat though, and that to me is Halifax. It's, Absolutely, it's strange. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, because the the assumption is that it's ooh, but I find it's people from out. the east coast east coast go ow or mm-hmm. oat out a lot of o. Like I had a friend who called couch said the word couch as coach. Oh, I say couch, but I, I say, say car. Say sorry, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say say the word sorry for me. Sorry. Okay, that sounds, it checks out. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that's that's normal it. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I've been forced to start saying sorry. Sorry. Because uh, I do voice work and uh, they hate that. They hate hearing the Canadian O's in a sorry. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even hear it unless I'm focusing on it. You start to hear it when you've been told enough times that it's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You start to lose your identity. Oh man, when I moved to Ontario, like... First of all, I said Toronto when I first started. Oh, big mistake, buddy. Um, Spadina. Spadina. But, you know, people call it Godigan. Call it Godigan Godigan because Mm -hmm. they say it phonetically. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people just call you out immediately. They're like, oh, what was that you said? You said car? (laughs) Yeah. It's pronounced car. I can't even. (laughs) I can't even do it. I can't even. We don't even say the word. (laughs) It's called an automobile, you fool. (laughs) We avoid the word entirely. (laughs) Well, it's, uh, um, I'll stop telling people that I went to high school with you. Um, you're probably also also pegging me as a four years older than I am. No, I thought you were making me Andy's age. I thought you were one um, one grade ahead of me because of my composite imagination bizarreness. But is that what grade Andy was in? I think so. So that would be four years older than me. How old are you? I'm. I was born in '82. Oh, so I'm a younger man. Okay, and it's nice to feel younger than one person's imagined version of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did that. I don't walk around telling people I know you from high school. No, just me. Just I'm the only one he's told that to, and his wife probably. Honestly, any version of you that you've created is definitely better than the real version of me that exists. Now that I've got to know you a little, I can agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take back that compliment from earlier. Hell yeah. Uh, you're a terrible piece of shit. <laughs> and we're back. <bad. laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Blossom here on the internet. Uh, where were we? So uh, Six's dad is dating a younger woman. Six is upset that he's dating some young bimbo and she's not getting her family back together, but she's still going to keep trying. Mm. Uh, 
We is this when we cut to Blossom's bedroom, and I noted that Blossom has the sheet music from yeah, the yeah. television show Beauty and the Beast, starring Linda Hamilton and I believe Ron Perlman, if mm. Jason's to be believed. I think I'm ninety nine. I think you're right. Sure. Yeah. I I made a man up uh, in my head, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me double check that. But uh, a young Ron Perlman. Yeah, I think it was yeah, like his first thing that he ever up. did. And then I mean, Linda Hamilton did Terminator, and then Beauty and the Beast. Between Terminator? Terminator and Terminator 2. I think she was just doing Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast was between the two of them? I think so. Because Terminator was 83, and then Terminator 2 was 92. Ron Perlman has no been in 258 things. Wow. He's, a, he's a popular actor. He's been in Hellboy, Hellboy 2, uh, a bunch of X-Men movies. Love those Hellboy movies. I love Hellboy 2. Did you see the new job. Hellboy? Because I haven't, but heard it's terrible. I did not. I wasn't. I wasn't that interested. What I heard is that people are just judging the new Hellboy on the old Hellboy, and it's not Ron Perlman, so they're like, "This sucks." But it's also not Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, right? I believe you're correct. Because a big yeah. part of what was great about those movies is just yeah, he's outstanding. Nice. That it did not make design up. Design was wild. Ron Perlman. He was, was in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, in 1987. He was the beast. He barely put makeup on, if I'm being honest. Yeah. He looks sexy as hell. Yeah, he does. He yeah, looks, no wonder Linda Hamilton's banging him yeah, in that's the sewers. good 80s hair right there. Oh, yeah, for both of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wonder if in the series finale she kisses him and he just becomes Ron Perlman and she's like, ah! <laughs> that's the, <laughs> more than this. That's the lore of uh, uh, the cocteau Beauty and the Beast was that uh, when the movie ends and he turns it back into the man... Uh, uh, it's like, sorry, this is kind of obnoxious that I'm just interjecting this, but Marlena Dietrich, of all people, was in the audience and she stood up and uh, apparently said, uh, what has become of my beautiful beast? Huh. Very moved. That is, yeah, uh, that is a pretentious thing to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> what a sentiment that would be echoed by young girls everywhere. Did she stand up like during a live performance? No, during a screening of the film. The oh, okay. oh, I thought okay. it was like a stage play. That's it's less pretentious now. I take it back. I take back everything except the compliment from earlier on. I've reinstated that. Oh, I love it. I don't know how I'm winning and losing points. But, <laughs> but I if I was at like a screening well, of <laughs> Black Panther and I stood up at the end and said Warmonger was right all along, <laughs> I'd be seen as a dick and probably asked to leave. But you'd be so correct. White, You're, that's the exact problem with Black Panther is that Warmonger was right and then yeah. they, but then they. They didn't know how to make him a real villain, and the movie was so flimsy beyond that, so that they had to push his philosophy beyond what we would have come to expect from him to make him an obvious villain. That was a problem yeah. with that movie for me. I had a lot of problems with that he movie. He became a murderer. It was very emotional and powerful, though. I liked it, still. I, don't, the I never that, got there. There's parts I liked. I like, like the end scene when, uh, when the whole fucking nation comes together to defend their base or whatever it was. They've yeah. been doing that, that was, way too much in movies recently. Yeah, all my, all our bases they were black belong black to our, us, us only. Star Wars three, Star Wars three. <laughs> I didn't see or it. nine Star Wars Jedi. Nine. I didn't the new one. I did the not new see Star Wars three. Star Wars three two. I heard it was oh, just pandering, so I didn't. I'll watch it eventually. It'll come to Disney Plus. I, yeah, I yeah, I didn't see it just yet. I'm sure I will one day. Well, that's not really spoiler because maybe we'll see it together, egg, but not. okay, let's maybe not. Let's not rule it out. No, that's not really. Star Wars three P. Oh, do you think okay. they'll do it? <laughs> they'll ever do I didn't a get it, and then you blew. I, I went from not getting it to my mind being blown in like a millisecond. <sighs> that was good. Um, C three PO and R two D two are my favorite things about the Star Wars universe. I love yeah. that character pairing. It's very good. It's very classic comedy. Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. That's fun. The actors hated each other. They did. Yeah, Frank Oz and 
whoever played uh, Anthony C3. something played C3. Perkins yeah. from Psycho. Perkins. Yeah. No. Was it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That's why C3PO keeps uh, looking at R2D2 and saying, yeah, Mom? Call me <laughs> Mom. Call me my own Mom. Murder you in a shower. <laughs> um, but professionals, because you can't tell on screen that they hate each other. True. Although they're acting like they hate each other. Whoa, that's like maybe they weren't such good actors. Like they were really so good at pretending to hate each other. Yeah, Frank Oz or whoever, not Frank Oz. Wasn't it Warwick Davis in that fucking tin can? Yeah, but doesn't doesn't Frank Oz do Yoda? He does Yoda. Is in that suit? No, Frank Frank Oz Oz is an adult man. Yeah, (laughs) that is probably Warwick Davis. The voice of small people. Why do I think it was Warwick? I can picture that because you'd think he was puppet sized because of all the puppets he voiced. Right. I think it's not Warwick Davis though. It's slowly becoming. Uh, apparent that I'm an insane person yeah. who makes up whatever they feel like and tells people and they believe him. Well, to listen, to throw myself under the same bus, there's no such person as Marlena Dietrich. So there you have it. Made her up. Made her up. I, I believe you. Back again. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounded legitimate. In Bird. Uh, in Bird. Um, <laughs> the classic Stanley Kubrick movie. Bird. 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 Starring yeah. Marlena Dietrich. And Zane Busby. And directed by Zane Busby. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, okay. So, well, I don't even, my notes fall apart at this point. Okay, so get let, let's, get, let's, let's get through the end of this episode. So basically what happens is we're in Joey's room. For some reason, Joey bought a piece of lingerie I, that wasn't super clear to me. I think he bought something from that magazine. Well, what he about. said was that he's doing a Cinderella thing when he's going to try this lingerie on different women. And when he finds the one who fits it, that's his future wife. Whoa, I missed that. Oh, yeah. That's yes. insane. That's his plan for this $96 lingerie he bought. He's like, I'm playing a real Damn. Cinderella thing. When she fits, I'll know I found the one. So it's important to note that he's now broke. But that bird is gone. But apparently gone. these budgies cost hundreds of dollars. That's a parrot. Ah. Yeah. I mean, they have small parrot parrot. Yeah? Yeah. Small that parrot. look like budgies, but aren't budgies, they're parrots. Mm. I think all parrots are just expensive. That's the difference between budgies and parrots. I mean, go all in on a real parrot that, you know, like... Well, they did buy a much bigger parrot That's than true. what escaped. But that bird is gone, and basically they're going to combine um, the Jose Canseco card that... Uh, rookie card. Rookie card that mm. Joey has... With, uh, what did Tony have? Money. He just said money. Just some money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's like, I got 140 yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to buy a new bird, which is an old sitcom trope, of course. Just replace the pet. Fish or a bird goes missing. Just replace, replace it. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just going to point out right here, one of the big lessons of the episode is don't die about birds that have escaped. Don't, don't don't lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't die don't, about Also, don't either. die about it. That's just my lesson for <laughs> you. They go back to the living room. Don't die over spilled bird. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's a good lesson. Right back. Uh, genius. You're a comedic genius. Listen, I, this episode's just getting better and better for me. Excellent. I feel like you're Zane welcome. Busby on the first I feel like you're really going to take set. off after this episode uh, airs. I'm moving back to Halifax. I'm going back to high school. I'm going to Billy Madison it so that you can be right about me. Oh, man. <laughs> It's Where so, are we, Jason? It's so... I just... Okay. Okay. You're the one with the notes. I, I, I know. I, I'm I, having an existential crisis, essentially. Um, because I'm... Yeah, the version of me that existed in your mind is fading away, like the photo of Marty McFly. You basically yeah, are Marty McFly. Yeah. I'm in a real Back to the Future 1 situation. I can only imagine how, what's racing through your mind right now. <laughs> it's a, There's a lot going on. Everything um, you know. 
<laughs> we do have to wrap this up, so. though. <laughs> okay, Nick is going on a date uh, with a previous girlfriend that he had. Um, and they just do... She well, no, she just shows up at his fucking door unbeknownst yeah. to him. And right. he's like, hey, remember me? Like, Give me some wine. Let's fuck. That's true. They're ready the to go. The lights go down. It's, the it's, weird it goes from comes he on. had no idea she was coming over to 30 seconds later. They're they were about to fuck. dance kissing in yeah. the living room. That's how they do it mom. in the suburbs, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But that's of how course, babies are made. Sharon <laughs> runs down the stairs. For an episode that's supposed to be about six and Sharon moving into the house for a day, they do not talk about it at all. Anyway, she runs downstairs, gives the wrong impression, as you said. Mm. Of just a few words could probably sort yeah. this out. <laughs> I'm the neighbor. I'm staying here while my house is fumigated. <sighs> probably sort it out. Yeah. There's but no, that's a big misunderstanding. And then the woman ends up leaving. Mm-hmm. She's a lingerie model as well, by the way. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, true. And who is also, she's been in the, the show before. She is the brawless wonder from Seinfeld. Yeah. If anyone's wondering who we're talking about, the lingerie model. Um, she, it's my least favorite plot device of misunderstanding, but it only happens briefly in this episode. But it happens yeah. in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> there you have. Um, yeah, so she, Sharon's also wearing a bathrobe, and she's like... I'm only staying for one night, I'm only you don't staying understand. for one night, and he's I'll go upstairs, and you come and tend to me in a minute, or whatever. And it's, it's the look on Nick's face, he's a great physical comedian, the look on his oh, face yeah. in that scene was just like... It's a real oh. shame there was no no good physical comedy in this episode, because he, he's a real Jack Ritter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Someone's just got to drop, like, a footstool next to him when he's reacting next time, so he can have something to trip over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, mean Jack John, Tripper. Jack Tripper, John Ritter. John Ritter. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, then we go to the kitchen. So I made a composite. I just wanted. I just wanted to fit in and make a composite. We composite. all get to make one. <laughs> I'm beer, embarrassed beyond belief. Uh, <laughs> uh, we go back to the kitchen. We get uh, Sharon and Six doing a dueling Wait, fast talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little Gilmore Girls scene. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Where they both kind of, they kind of look like Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. If we were to to stereotype Gilmore Girls, I could I could easily see them in uh, that show. In fact, they were probably bit both of them were probably bit parts on that show at some point. Probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to look it up and just believe that's true. Yeah, like I've been doing with many things in my life for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Check the yearbook. Was I in it? No, I wasn't. There's just a, a rectangle with no picture in it. <laughs> well, that must a nameplate yeah. with no name on it. Uh, Six's mom already knows about the new girlfriend that Six's uh, yeah. dad has. Yeah. yeah. And Six gets pissed that she didn't tell her because she's spent the last 10 hours being upset about how to tell her mom mm-hmm. when she already knew. Honesty is the best policy. And we're going to learn that one more time in this episode. And it's a big one. It involves uh, the bird. It involves the oh, bird. Yeah. But before we get to that, Silvio comes back. We're back oh, yeah. in the living room. Rule of threes. Back. That's comedy. He comes back for the third time. And he just, uh, I just wrote Silvio's back. Did, did he just come back and get shot down for a while? Oh, and then she slams the door in his well, face. Well, she's, she's like, okay, like, wait for me. He's like, she's like, here's a quarter. Call me when you're 18. And he's yeah. like, what time? What time? He says what time, yeah. Yeah, that was classic. Yeah. Well, that give, was great. give me something. Without to flinching, just like, hey, this kid is on his game. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, give me something to remember me by. He already has a quarter. Um, she gives, gives him the sports, sports section, section of the newspaper. Because he shows See, up with uh, with the with the flowers in the newspaper. Here's the thing about Silvio, though. He is, at 12, so smooth already that by the time he reaches 18, he's just going to have girls his own age, like, crawling all over him. Yeah, but he'll remember the one that got away. He'll remember, but will he care? No, there's another. There's an alternate timeline for Silvio where uh, we cut to uh, uh, eight, six years later, and that sports page is just 
covered in fingerprints and semen. (laughs) He's just, he's locked away in his home. He's shutting out the light and he's counting the minutes. I mean, at this, at that point, he can't get off to anything but sports. Yeah. He's got this horrible shrine to it too. Like, like Jason's mom's head and Friday the 13th. Yeah. He's got a newspaper delivery boy. And every time he delivers the newspaper, he says, just the sports, (laughs) just the sports. Uh, Paper boys start going missing from the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. epidemic of missing paper points. Did we just come up with a hor- uh, uh, Blossom Nights. A movie <laughs> a movie version of the video game Paperboy. Yeah. Yep. But because they ruin every video game to movie yeah, it's like existence, it becomes a horror movie and yeah. this is the plot line. Yeah, it's like the Mario yeah. Brothers treatment. Yeah. Like, yeah. Becomes or the, unrelatable. The double Dragon treatment or mm. the Street Fighter treatment or the Mortal Kombat was okay. Mortal Kombat was good. Wow. Going to bad for Mortal Kombat. It, it's it's it captured nine, the tone of the yeah, video. Two people fight each other. One person wins. Usually somebody dies. They move to the next fight. And then yeah. Liu Kang fights Shang yeah. Tsung. And the Wing Commander treatment. Remember that one? With yes. fucking, what was that guy's name from all the 90s teen movies? Plev Stevenson. Nope. Plev. Uh, <laughs> it looked like Matthew Fox from Party of Five, but wasn't him. He was in... It's gonna kill me, and we can't move on. <laughs> it's short for Plevbert. Scott Wolf? No, but that's the other guy. The right Party ballpark. Five? Yeah, no. By the way, the guy wasn't in Party Five. He yeah, just I things. <laughs> hey Google, uh, who's the main character in Wing Commander? Google's been listening. Freddy. The characters in Wing Commander include Rodriguez, Lieutenant Court, Lieutenant. This Knight, is the video. You asked the wrong, hey Google, wrong stop. question. It's Freddy, uh, not Mercury. Not Fox. Prince Jr.? Prince Jr. That's what I was thinking of. I don't even remember why I was trying to remember his name. Did you know that he wrote for WWE for a while? I did not know that. I did know that. (laughs) Nice. I mean, he stopped acting at the end of 1999, I assume. His 90s teen movies ended at that point. And they just got super into wrestling. Can you marry Sarah Sarah Michelle Gellar? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still... I think they're still together. Yeah. The Princes? Mm Mm-hmm. Sarah what Michelle did Freddie Prince Jr. ever do? He was a comedian. Oh, yeah? And he, he was, died tragically, right? He was like uh, the biggest Latino comedian of... Uh, he was like to the Latino community what uh, Pryor was to the black community. He was massive, yes. Yeah. But he died quite So down. not like the Carlos Mencia no. of uh, the Latino community. No, very widely respected. Speaking of stealing <laughs> jokes, holy shit. Yeah. Carlos Mencia, not Latino. No. What? He's, real Real, oh, really? he's like New York Italian, yeah. but like faked being... But he came out and did an accent like these, and everybody was like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Not only was he a huge joke thief, but he just lied about who he was as well. But also Larry the Cable Guy. Not really Cable Guy. Have you seen Larry the Cable Guy stuff before he got the Larry the Cable Guy moniker? He's like, yeah, what's the deal with, uh, what's the deal with, uh, popcorn? (laughs) What's the deal with stand-up comedians getting sitcoms? Do you, think there's, do you think there's other food that we could put in a microwave and explode and then... <laughs> Tell you one thing I don't understand and we'll never put the work in to understand. Cable. <laughs> oh boy, oh, this doesn't come back to haunt me. Uh, I think we have one scene left. Yeah, so Mark, why don't you bring us home and talk about the final... The final lesson to be learned. Well, the, the home is fumigated. They're ready to... Six and her mom are ready to move out. They take the bird. It's been now replaced... By a much bigger at, bird. By a much... Yeah, with a much bigger uh, parrot at great personal expense to Joey. He had to give up his Jose Canseco rookie card. Um, but in... Uh, and uh, Six and her mom don't notice that it's a bigger bird, even though Blossom really points it out. Yeah. But then... Uh, 
Uh, just keep her mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> as a sidebar. Shut the fuck up, Blossom. <laughs> like family but, before anything, right? That's family right. comes first. There's a saying that I'm missing, but... But since six and Bros her mom have, have, there it is. They've gone through this entire uh, journey of understanding, and they're red. And dad's going to be dating someone else, so it's like they're not going to hold on to the past anymore. The so to pay uh, homage to that, uh, to the idea of new beginnings, they decide to free the parrot. Mm. Um, and Joey is horrified, and he tries to stop them, and no one can understand why he would try to stop them. Yeah. And then they free the bird, and then Joey uh, says something uh, about what he learned, and we can't—I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but I think the lesson is similar to the bird: the truth will set you free. Yes, mm. that's right. And it would have set Joey free if he'd only yeah. been honest, and not the bird. It might have if kept he would have just told the truth, none of it matters because they he, wouldn't have bought him. They would have been like, "Oh, uh, well, you can keep this bird that you purchased." Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting our bird go, which we were about to do. Yeah. And uh, thanks for your honesty. You're a good person, yeah. Joey. I don't know how you got such a bad rap all this time. Yeah. But instead, Joey lied. He kept the lie going. And yeah. then he sunk into the couch, presumably muttering, whoa. Yeah. We turned it off before the very end. We stopped two seconds before the end. Yeah. Well, the director did. That's Zane Busby. Mm, that's that's doing the, that. That's that Busby magic. That's the Busby magic. And then we get the during credit scene where, of course, the d- woman Donna comes back to fuck Nick. That's true. But we, guess what? Joey's home, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> Ruin. And that's, she comes dressed picky. in a trench coat and is like, it's page 42. I'm laying page 42 because there was that yeah. thing earlier. She's holding it. It's not even belted. She's holding it yeah. shut. So the- she can flash him. With her back to the audience, so we don't see what she's wearing. Let me tell you, it's too racy. If you think the city is a steamy, horny place, <laughs> get ready for the well, L.A. suburbs. Anything goes out there. Yeah, you just have. Yeah, women I mean, have you seen up? Desperate Housewives? That's in the L.A. suburbs. This was the precursor. I've heard this episode was the precursor. That's how Desperate Terry Hatcher got the idea, and Eva Longoria from this, and episode. the two other ones. That's right. That's how yeah. they got the idea to pitch it to the people who ultimately created the yep. show. <laughs> I think Eva Longoria was like an executive producer, so she might have had a hand in creating it. I she created. Was... She created the spinoff Devious Maids. Wow, that's a spinoff. Yep, it's a spinoff Jeez. from Desperate Housewives. That oh. sounds yeah. It does sound like a parody. Of it. Yeah, so it'd be created for like a one four minute robot chicken sketch. Then, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. It's a full show with four seasons. That the first season was pretty great. I never watched Desperate Housewives, so I can't compare them. But Devious Maids is almost like a Why? telenovela you style. Only like, watch Devious Maids. I don't know how that transpired. Of all the things that have sound, sounded made up on this episode, <laughs> devious maids. I've never heard I of I think part, part of what drew me to it is that it stars uh, Judy Reyes, who played Carla on Scrubs. Okay. Which is one of my favorite shows, if you are familiar with never me. never really saw it. She Scrubs. was in an episode Scrubs. of Sopranos, and it blew my mind because she was just playing... She was... Uh, she was uh, Polly's like girlfriend for an episode, and it was so mm-hmm. bizarre to see her in this like bit part when she going to be on Scrubs for like seven. seven she was seasons. also she also played a nurse in the uh, Scorsese film Bringing Out the Dead with Nicolas Cage. I love Cage. that movie. I watched it the other night with my wife. She did not care for it. It's it's two hours, but it feels like four hours. It's a very dry long movie. Mm, I don't know why I really got. I really hooked me in. It was good. I liked it. But it feels a lot longer than it is. I like those Schrader movies where it's like the same shit just keeps happening on a loop. But that's but I can yeah, understand that's how point. that would Yeah, it's just like people. Nicolas Cage can't save a fucking life. That's what it's like to be a... Can't save a life to save his life. Exactly. There it is. Exactly. And I think... Uh, no, he didn't kill himself at the end. But I got the impression he was going to kill himself. Yeah, I don't actually remember He was begging is. to be fired. 
and he cannot get fired. So what's his other escape from this hell that is his life? There's no escape. No. There's no grace in suicide, and Schrader won't allow a movie to end without grace. A little bit of grace. That's... A spiritual man. <laughs> That sounds like a really dark... What, he's like a paramedic or a doctor? Oh, it's a real dark movie. It's an ambulance driver. Yeah. He's an ambulance yeah. driver. Yeah. And John Goodman plays his partner. Uh, Ving Rhames is also his partner at a point. And, it's uh, kind of comedic. It's got some... Yeah, for Scorsese, it's not as dark as like Taxi Driver. No, but it, that would be like the closest parallel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Kind of got no. that vibe, racing through the night, doing the same thing over and over yeah, again. Real gritty. Gritty New York. Just... Uh, and he's haunted by the ghost of a girl that he couldn't save because he couldn't intubate properly. He kept getting it into the stomach. Oh, okay. And she died on the street. Right. And then ever he's just driving around. And he keeps seeing her face, looking at him on the sidewalk, asking, asking him why he killed her. That's that's, right. that's that, that sounds like it's right up my alley. That sounds like a it's good. It's on my uh, it's on my plex. On your plex. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm doing this uh, this thing right now. Where I'm do, doing a little bit of a movie review Instagram thing. Mm. Just gonna keep track of all the movies I watched this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really a big movies. I'm more of a television person. But I want to. You know, people are like, I'm gonna read books this year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna watch movies this yeah, year. Yeah, that's your intellectual. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been mountain. going bananas on movies the last few years, and then I recently got the Criterion Channel, and man, that's wait, how do you get the Criterion Channel? This is my just, first hearing of just it. Just like a subscription thing. It's is cheaper it on, than Netflix, and it's got it's just so its own much. service. It's not part of oh, Amazon wow. Prime or anything like that. No, it's its cool. own service. It's yeah. Uh, I don't know how much they charge now, but when I signed up, it was relatively cheap, and uh, and it's it's not the entire collection, but that it's also not only the entire quite it's like okay. then they bring out bring in tons of stuff and they curate it really well so they have like right now they have this whole collection of 70s sci-fi american uh, sci-fi signing up as soon as we're done recording it's you're 70s sci-fi is, yeah. What's uh, like logan's run oh yeah. shit logan's run such a good movie yeah tell it's, me logan's runs on there it is yeah nice. it, but although i will say that uh after a few of those, I got started to get exhausted. Yeah, there's really only all, like two good '70s sci-fi movies that aren't Star Wars. And they're all the same. They all have yeah. the same like, sort of like canned pessimism. Yeah. Uh, but my, it's got some good <laughs> moments. I didn't know this. Norman Jewison directed uh, Rollerball, uh, and that's got yeah. one of the funniest moments of like uh, sort of hammy uh, satire, um, which is uh, all of them standing for the anthem, but then the announcer like before the roller skating match but then the announcer says please rise for your corporate anthem <laughs> oh, so a lot of stuff like that you know like idiocracy like, kind of yeah, uh, yeah. but not vibe. played for laughs played right. for like this is where we're headed this is what yeah. it's gonna be like in yeah 14 years yeah. and like, on the one hand you're like oh, man. Yeah, on the one hand you're like yeah i mean i yeah that doesn't sound implausible and that does sound bleak but at the on the other hand Let's not hold up uh, nationalism as this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful thing that we should be nostalgic for. Well, in the 70s, we didn't have the internet to introduce us to the idea of globalism, where we could all get along instead of fighting with each other. Uh, alternatively, let's instead all just fight each other constantly. Yeah. Although corporatism calls. is where sports went, so it's kind of... You know, like the sky don't turn into the Rogers Center, and every That's sports true. team is just owned by a media conglomerate. That's covered extensively in the movie Basketball. Ah, because yeah. they lampoon that thing. before it really happened, and then you know, yeah. a couple years later, it literally every stadium is like the Tampax Center, Here which was are. a joke from that movie. But I'm sure there is a Tampax Center at this point. My yeah. favorite uh, type of tweet is the unironic. Um, I'll never call it the Scotiabank Center. It'll always be the <laughs> yeah. Rogers Center to me. <laughs> 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 to me is yeah. the most insane. 
insane uh, perspective. Yeah. I love it. Fun tip. You go to the Rogers Center, the seats still say Skydome on the side. There it is. Yeah, it still <laughs> exists. If you like, lean over and look on the side of your, your blue plastic chair, it has the, the old D with the like streaks out of it. Skydome logo. Wow, cool. Skydome will never die. I was there for the grand opening of the Skydome, and Alan Thicke presented the oh, ceremonies. He I've was the MC. I've seen the And video. Roger Rabbit was there. He came out. Yep, Roger Rabbit came out of a limousine. Was Eddie there? I don't recall. The, my only two memories of the event were Bob that Alan, wasn't there? Alan Fake hosted, <laughs> and that Roger Rabbit in uh, what I presume is the same costume they wear at Disneyland came out. Weird, Roger Rabbit. Yep, Roger Rabbit was there to open the Sky Dome. Nice. I met the hostess Munchies when I was a little kid. Nice so. Munchies. <clears throat> I remember hostess. Uh, That's Chip real because there is a picture of it somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure I can find a picture of Roger Rabbit at the Sky Dome. No, because of all of my made-up memories. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Vroman, from my old sketch troupe, uh, put together, uh, uh, he edited a video with a lot of footage from the Skydome opening. Oh, so yeah. It's sort of a best of the, like, a sort of best of, of all the you know, uh, wild moments from that, including Alan Thicke singing a song about the opening of the Sky Dome with the Toronto Argonauts dancing to it, That's or guys right. dressed as the Toronto Argonauts. But the hook of the song was, it was him and Andrea Martin, and they're singing the dimensions of the dome <laughs> <laughs> in, like, mathematic detail. Now, we've talked about this so much, I feel like I have to point out I've misrepresented myself a little bit. I was actually at a dress rehearsal of the grand opening of the Sky Dome. That sounds better. It probably was. That sounds... I don't remember any of it except take, for... Cut, I was let's get another Argonaut out there. That's, that's true. not enough Argonauts. Yeah, Pinball Clemens cannot dance. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's get a ringer in there. Wow. Andrea Martin. Put her in a football costume. The rest is history. Hilarious. I mean, she had Black Christmas, SCTV, and then... Uh, Andrea the Martin's Argonaut. in Black Christmas? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And Home Alone, right? No, Andrew, no, that's Martin, not uh, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Wow. But both SCTV. Did yeah. she get killed in Black Christmas? Probably. Just I don't think I've stayed awake for the entirety of that movie. I know it like pioneered the slasher genre, but I mean, uh, Halloween came along a couple of years later and was really a good movie. Oh, Andrea Martin was. Uh, she's on Good News, and she's on um, now and uh, that other show with the loud gay guy. Who's that? You know, um, he's Billy uh, Billy Eichner. Uh, oh. Their show was funny though. That was a good one. I, I, oh, I don't like people? what it says. Yeah, difficult people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like what it says about myself that you say the loud gay guy, and I immediately know who you're talking about. It's very funny. Or it, it is a, maybe it's not so much about what it says about me, but what it says about Hollywood. And it's how a many trope. Loud gay guys it's a bad it. trope, yeah. and I feel like it's going to go away. But it is a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And he is hilarious. He's one of my favorite. I like the loud gay guy character is a character he does. Yes, absolutely. He plays because he's a very sweet. Like he he doesn't act like that in regular, like in interviews, for instance. But Billy on the street, that character he uses Mm -hmm. across most of his uh, acting. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, this has been our longest episode yet. I feel like we should probably. I don't know how to do anything under two hours, so I feel like I brought. Okay, well, so we have a good forty minutes left. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, so, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never had. Oh no! Is it good? Uh, <laughs> it does sound like a nineties breakfast. Sounds yeah, it's like yeah. wheat based. It's like wheat bix probably the commercial with oh, yeah. another like uh, like nuts and honey or nuts and honey through the door. Uh, what's uh. 
What's taking you so... Uh, no, no, not quite. <laughs> Let's get there. Let's get there. I'll, I'll crack yeah. this. Um, yeah. This breakfast This is, is the commercial. And somebody yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> is that cereal any... Is that cereal any good? How do we do this? Uh, How do we do this? Let's get there. Oh, God. I mean, like, I feel... I feel like this was the pitch meeting for Nut and Honey. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, no. They're like, no, I got a better better I, name. A better What's name? for breakfast? Nut and Honey. That's it, yeah. They were like, well, oh, no, it's out the window. What are you Forget eating that. in there? 30 years, somebody's going to uh, That's true. readdress I, this. I created too, too great a task for us, and we failed. We failed in the face of a task that I needn't have created. We can recircle. Uh, we'll come back to this in a year, the one-year anniversary of the recording of this episode. If you have a pitch for a uh, hook line... For the Oh No brand cereal. Comment below. Uh, comment yeah. above. That's what we do. Comment above. We do that. We do comment beside. We really need to update our website so there's just comment bars everywhere, everywhere. around everything. So that people can comment above. Mm. It's sort of a long-running joke on the show. <laughs> uh, we call callbacks reach arounds. Um, I like it's, that. It's, uh, we're not the first people to do that, I don't think. I think we are because uh, I said it, it I and I'm not a joke other. stealer. Reach around to previous thing we were talking about um this has been another amazing episode of the blossom buddies yeah mark it's been great having you on the show thank you for doing Uh, this i really appreciate uh your time i'm not Um, complaining that it's our longest episode uh we obviously had a lot of good stuff in there uh and you were a delight do you have anything you want to pitch uh, Plug. Pitch. Fuck. Or pitch. Do you, is there anything to pitch? pitch? Yeah. Okay, I'd like to pitch Oh No Brand Cereal. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I do a podcast myself called My Gorgeous Son, uh, which you can just find wherever, um, in which I play, uh, we, we mentioned him, Andy Bush. I play his dad, trying to find him help in his life. And it's uh, it's in, it's wild. It, I, there's a lot of lore. It's mm. impenetrable. Don't listen to it. <laughs> See, that's the, the I always say that about Blossom Boys, but I, of course you want people to listen to it. Yeah, it's called modesty. Yes, I don't have it. I do want people to but listen I recognize to it. it. Yeah, uh, I listen to it. I I'm starting from the beginning. It's a show. I feel like you should start from the beginning. I feel like yeah, maybe I don't. I don't know. We're trying to we're trying to not make it too complicated. We we usually revisit all the lore uh, endlessly uh, to catch people up. But um, it's like how we always talk about the pilot. We actually met our first fan of the podcast who wasn't already a friend of ours. And she told us, yeah, you guys talk about the pilot a bit much. There's <laughs> something you say you're not going to have to oh, talk yeah. about. That's why when I brought up during this episode, I was like, fuck. I wanted to bring it up at the time. I was like, shout out to Mariana who told us not to do this. <laughs> Hi, Mariana. Well, there you have it. Yeah. There you have it. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I've been looking for new podcasts to listen to since Harmontown ended. Uh-huh. It was my bread and butter as far as getting to work and back uh, mm-hmm. and having entertainment. I have, like, I have an office job, so... Trying to read and listen to podcasts at the same time doesn't really work to mm. really digest either. Try talking to customers on the phone while listening to podcasts. Exactly. Uh, but I find your podcast easy because I can zone in and zone out. And it's That's what I like to hear. You know, it, like you guys, <laughs> it's just so there's so much happening that yeah. we get really excited and we like to world build. And our favorite activity is just to uh, endow Andy with more traits. So he's covered in tattoos. He's got hooves. He's got a Babadook top hat. Oh, he's shit. got a little rat in his hair that controls him like Ratatouille. <laughs> silent Bob became a character in our world, but he's not that Silent Bob, but he's in every respect like that Silent Bob. Mm. He just kind of skulks about He laid an egg once, and Andy ate it, and then he got sad. Well, I know that. Neil, Neil There's DeGrasse, a lot happening every Neil episode. DeGrasse Tyson shows up in the first episode, but it's a different 
Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, yeah, it's a, it's or an a, imposter. It's a Young and Dundas Square uh, in person. Yeah, like yeah, I like the idea of having several quote unquote cameos: Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, but just not that Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah. none of them are the ones you think it is. They just have the name. It's usually because we push our interview subject to the brink where he has to admit something that doesn't sound like reality, <laughs> and then we decide to throw away all of reality yep. and make him a liar. <laughs> It's great. It's, uh, it's a fun way to improvise. Make all of your scene partners liars. That's the key. Yeah. That's, That's the key to the good key. improv. Nothing's real. That's comedy. Uh, uh, we didn't actually, real, real quick, we didn't go through our uh, opinionations and our lessons, but... Uh, that just, this episode was... Just to, we kind of talked about it all through, but just to sum things up, the lesson learned for this episode is Stop nothing... Stop lying about dead animals. What? No, yeah, but nothing <laughs> is real. Just yeah. nothing is real. I hope you walk away from this episode like I'm going to. Stop and lying existential to your kids. Crisis. Your kids can take it. Don't lie to your kids. That's the lesson I'm going to take away. Again, I'm, I'm going to... By the time this episode's released, I might have a kid. It's true. And I'm not going to lie to him. Ever. We're about... We've got about Except four in the can is. before this comes out. Yeah. So. One in the pan, four in the can. Yeah. So we're looking to release this mid-February, probably. Ish. What is what is Early that? to what is that? I think I was doing a variation on the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it until I'd said it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah. That's uh, when you would put two, one two finger in someone's butt and four <laughs> fingers on someone's breast. Uh, breast? Two Wait, in the pink, one in the stink. Pan and can. Can is the butt. Can is the butt. pan. Would probably just be a pan. <laughs> Yo, girl, show me your pans. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when you put one finger in a pan. And then four fingers <laughs> in someone's butt. That would be a shocker. <laughs> that, would that would be, be the pan can yeah, shocker be, variation. Shocking. Yeah. This has been Blossom Buddies. Oh, God. Again, thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks. no. Thanks for listening. <laughs> now we do like a little bit of like, we're going to talk. We're talking over the FT music. Oh, it's funny. And, uh, you know, like they do on news shows when they pretend to talk to each other when the light happens. Absolutely. It's just where the mirror is there. Just pee into the mirror. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they see a man that looks like you. Just, just pee on. <laughs>